We welcome you to this session. Today we'll be talking a lot about technology and how it evolves and continues to change and the complexities that that brings to us as educators to know when it is appropriate to move on to the next uh, version, to the next new technology, when it's time to replace and, and go through all the pain that comes along with that. So that's, that's kind of our focus here today. I have wandered over into one of the weight rooms here at our Christian Academy here at the Liberty Campus. And uh, the reason we're in here today is, is we thought that this was a great example of how technology does change the way we do a variety of things. Now you might not immediately think about weights and bodybuilding and exercising and all that along with the technology course, but if you stop and think for a moment, I know I have four sons, one of which, um, well several of which, but one in particular is, is really a fanatic into the weightlifting and all the training that goes along with that. And a few years ago, the typical way would be find free weights. And so you would, you would pump iron in various forma formations and pull those weights up and down and, and turn over and raise your legs and, and just all the different things that you would do. And then as technology moved along, they came up to a way to essentially build a better athlete. They came into ways where technology could come in and say, you know, if you took this machine and use it in this way, it can build your muscles better. And I know that, that my sons are always talking to each other about how they should exercise. And a lot of this has come from technical advances that have come along in science. And if you look through manufacturing, if you come into marketing, regardless of what the industry is, technology has played a vital role because we now have more data and we have new ways to do things. And the same thing is happening in education. So as you go into your schools, you're going to be faced with this dilemma. Should I keep what we already have? It's already paid for. We know how to use it. It's already implemented. And to be candid, there is an argument that, that says maybe we should hold on to that for some of those reasons. Or is it time to move into some of the new things that have come along? So that's what we're going to kind of discuss today is how do you know? How do you know when would be an appropriate time to do such? Uh, when we look at today's technology, it's changing. It's changing fast. No longer is having a computer considered being technical. Now we're talking uh, not even just being on the telephone, but having video calls. Everywhere you go, you'll see everybody walking around with their earbuds and, and they're listening to podcasts or they're uh, going onto their mobile phones and looking at various applications. It's, it's a very different world and it's not slowing down. The rate of change is actually accelerating. So then that brings us back to, as educators, what is our job and how do we know when to do this? Recently I had a, a discussion with some of the faculty here at Liberty. We were talking about this exact same thing. When is it appropriate to bring new technology into the classroom? And, and someone was making an argument. We were kind of debating both sides. And, and one of the arguments being made was, are we just using technology for technology's sake? Are we just saying, because I'm teaching course X, I must do it with more technology in the classroom just because that's the cool thing to do or, or that's what our society demands? And I think there is some element of that, to be honest. I think we're bringing in into the college age uh, students that are coming here on campus, they're coming with expectations of what their life is normally like. So they expect to be able to reach the professor through instant message, or they expect to be able to download the lectures onto their um, iPod or, or whatever MP3 player they use. So there is some element to that I think is true. But beyond that, I challenged them and I said, we are challenged with training these students not only in their discipline, but in being able to function in today's society. So for example, let's talk about a nursing student coming here. 
yes, they might need to use technology to learn the nursing subject matter, but in addition, they need to learn how to be a technologist, so to speak. So let's say after they graduate and they find themselves working perhaps in a um, hospital, they need to be comfortable with computer skills of all kinds. They need to be comfortable with having a meeting through remote access so that they're having a video, you know, maybe three or four uh, computers tied together all over the nation. So they need to be comfortable in this format, not just having learned their subject matter that way. Um, I also think that one of the things we need to consider is how do we use it effectively. We don't want to just install it, but we want to actually use this technology in ways that would actually make sense. How do we even know what's out there? If I look around and I say, okay, I'm ready to explore and I, I think it is time to upgrade what we currently use, how do I know what my options are? And how do I know what of the many options that are out there are the good ones, or at least good for me in my situation? Some of the suggestions on that one I would say, Definitely reading. I do an awful lot of reading both um, through, there, you'll get email, you'll get obviously uh, magazines, you'll get, uh, there's Twitter, RSS feeds, blogs, email lists. There's a lot of things out there where you can subscribe and go out and look for things on particular subjects. So you might be interested in how you do video conferencing. Well, go out and look for things. There's all kinds of things that you can sign up for that you'll, they'll, they'll push information back to you. Research is a great place. Here we use Gartner, there's also Forrester, a lot of professional organizations, there's a lot of places that do kind of, you know, um, unbiased research in these areas to try to help you with it. So it's not just the company trying to sell you a product, but it's a third party, so to speak. Talk to your peers. I think conferences, user groups, there's industry peers, there's a lot of places out there where you can talk to other teachers who have used it and um, can tell you, well, we used this technology in this way and it was very effective. And then just listen to society. We've got on television, radio, everywhere you look, everyone's talking uh, about all the technical changes that are coming about. So look around and see what you can find there as well. And then that begs the new question, <laughs> when do I know? Let's say I've even narrowed it down and I said, here's an area that I'm very interested in. How do I know when it's time to go ahead and, and move forward? Well, some of the suggestions I would have there is, first of all, let's think about what we would call a maturity scale. So when something is brand new, a brand new technology or a brand new reinvention of something, often it would be what we would consider on the, the immature side of the technology. And as you follow it, what will happen is it will kind of work out the bugs. It'll become more mainstream. It'll get more stable. It'll become more accepted by society. There'll be more things that play with it nicely. So you might have a new device, and now you find out that there's media. There's more media that works with that kind of device. Those are signals that it's becoming more mature. And when it becomes more mature, it also drops in the cost. And so once it drops in the cost, usually that's the place where you'll start to become it um, more mainstream and people are ready to accept it. Another way you can look for that is are there competitors? If there's only one company that's doing something, it's probably still in the immature stage. But if you're getting out and you've got a variety of options, then you're probably getting into a place where it's a little safer to go ahead and adopt it. If we look even in here, I'm sure there's been times when um, the free weights were here, but there were new advances, but maybe it was a little on the expensive side. And so at that point, they said, not quite yet. And then maybe a few years later, competitors came out, things became more standardized, and then you receive more options. I think when you're talking about the cost, there's several things that you want to look at. It's very easy for people to look at the initial price. 
So they say it's going to cost me X amount of dollars to purchase this software package. But what they haven't thought about is all the things that go with that. So this gets into the area of total cost of ownership. What's, what's the whole picture look like, let's say, over a five-year implementation time? Some of the ideas that come with that, I, I know a lot of people will say, like, open source software, and they'll say, well, this is something that's free. No, it's not truly free. The code itself may come initially free, but there's some other things. You have to think about what server is it going to reside on, and what does that do to the data center. And, and these aren't areas where teachers are necessarily running it, but if you talk to your technical people, you will find out that there's limited space in the data center, and it's not just a matter of footprint. It's a matter of how much air conditioning can be pumped in and how much electricity is available in that area. So every time you're adding more software, you're essentially putting more requirements on that data center. You have storage requirements. Let's say you're going to put in a new system and you're going to start recording a lot of student projects. Well, all of that video especially is, is very high density and requires a lot of storage space. The support, who's going to take care of it when it breaks? Uh, or who's going to take care of the training? You hired three new teachers and they don't know how to use it. How does it work when you move from whatever you used to have to the new or from the new to the next version later? How does that migration look? All those are costs that are often overlooked at the beginning. So I would definitely stop and look at the total cost and are you prepared and uh, ready to take on all of those. Let's talk for a few minutes about effective utilization. So let's assume that you've, you've found something, you've gone out and researched, and you believe you have a new idea and something that you'd really like to use in a new way in your classes. And you bring that in, you've evaluated, and you do believe it's the right time. You've kind of counted all the costs, so to speak. You're ready to move forward. Then how do we use this effectively? Well, the first thing I'd ask you is what else is needed? Um, if you look at the technology itself, perhaps training, that would be a typical type of thing that will be needed. Think about all of those before you start using it and make sure that you're prepared to use it and use it well. And then look for ways that you can get that synergy. Are there other teachers or other schools that could benefit from this? We use this a lot here. We'll go out and, and we're using a, a new technology and we'll kind of look for a variety of teachers and schools across Liberty and say, can several of these use it together and, and gain some efficiencies as well there. From the IT perspective, one of the things we talk a lot about is standardization and integration. So standardization, again, trying to make sure we don't have three or four flavors of the same product that we're trying to support. That'll help us uh, use it more effectively and cheaper. And then looking for integration. Does it tie into all of our other systems? An example of this, if we're trying to use some technology to take role in a large class, let's say there's 500 students in a classroom, and we're trying to come up with a system to quickly take role with all of those, well, then we need that system to tie into the one that tells us who's enrolled in the class to begin with. So you look for those kinds of things. Security would be another area. We definitely want to make sure that the data that's on any of these systems is protected and protected well. Data security is a major issue in today's world and, and definitely not going anywhere in the near future. User experience would be another thing I would ask you to look for. And what I mean by that is how does it come across to the person who has to actually use it? So perhaps you're the person making decisions for a variety of schools. But the professors are the ones, or the teachers are the ones that are going to have to actually use it in their classroom. Or you might even be in a position where you're implementing something students would use as you're going in, or the administration area might be using it. As you're going in and implementing this, look at it from their perspective. So if I'm implementing this and all the third grade teachers need to use it, 
how does it how does it fit into a third grade teacher's routine? How does it come across? How is it being used there? And then we also want to make sure that we're staying current. Um, you don't want to be using something from 20 or 30 years ago. If you're using very old equipment and very old technology, um, you probably will find that it becomes so out of date that it really is of no use to most people. So I would encourage you to kind of look. Now I, I do realize I've worked in public schools, I've worked in Christian schools, and now working in the technology department here at Liberty, and I realize budgets are a real concern. So I'm not, I'm not proposing that that's not something we have to think through, but I do encourage you to try to look that, that you don't just say, well, we have it, check it off, and we'll ignore it for the next couple of decades. Today, we talked about the um, culture is changing. Everywhere we look, our students are changing, our expectations are changing, the way we teach is changing, technology is exploding on the side, and we're, we're trying to figure out how to make all of that mesh. It changes the way we do business. It can change where you work. You can now work from home. I can work off of my small phone in my car. There's a variety of ways that, that our whole, whole life is changing. We tend to have students especially who are used to multitasking. They're used to having their, their music on, their computer on, and they're studying at the same time. We need to think about all these pieces and how they fit together. Um, in, in my day, if I was asked about old technology, things that would come to mind to me would be adding machines or eight tracks or carbon paper, tape recorders. These are all the things I think of if you said, list some old technology. I find today that if you talk to students, they only go back a few years and call that old technology. Heard recently someone talk about, remember when we used to use CDs? And that was odd to me, but they honestly saw that as extremely antiquated technology. Uh, they will talk about wired connections. If they had a desktop that they had to wire, that is old technology. Or probably my favorite, they'll talk about, remember when we used to use a telephone, a cell phone, to talk? They see that as old technology because now they're so into texting. So we have to think about how our students, depending on what age you're, you're teaching, you have to think about how they approach technology, and that certainly weighs into all of your thinking. From my perspective, technology can and should be a very, very powerful tool. It can help with pedagogy, both in the subject matter and in the life skills that will go with that as, the, as these students move on out. It can help with communication, and it can help with efficiency. But as you're doing all of these, you do need to stop, count the costs, make sure you're thinking through all of the big picture, and then working for a very effective implementation. I hope this has been helpful. I certainly wish you the best in this course and all of your future courses coming along, and uh, trust that God will be with you as you serve.